Welcome back to the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series where we explore the 12 pillars of mindful leadership that unlock your ability to create more profit, more focus, more productivity, and much more satisfaction. Let's jump in. So Eric, we're back again, and this episode is all about mindset. And I'm thinking of a part of your book that I really loved, one of these sections that I underlined and circled. And you wrote that success, happiness, security, and contentment aren't things that you can become. They are things you embody in the moment. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. And it's part of what I characterize as a cultural lie in our society where we've been we've been just trained that, you know, we have to do all the right things. We have to, you know, get do well in school, go to the right schools, work hard, uh, get good grades, then we have to work hard again, then we get a family, we get a house, you know, and then someday, you know, we get to take these great vacations and someday we get to be happy. And it's just my experience is that that we don't ever really get there. We just keep changing the goalposts. You know, it's, you know, first we, first we want to, you know, just travel. So we get on a bus and we want to get on an airplane. Oh, we get a no, but then we want to fly first. Then when we get to fly first, we want to fly private. Then we fly private and say, oh, maybe if I go to the moon, that'll do it. Just seems like we're constantly changing the goalposts on ourselves. And if and and we're in a constant state of searching and dissatisfied. If you're not satisfied, you're dissatisfied. If you're not content, you're discontent. If you're not happy, you're unhappy. You know, maybe not to that extreme, but that just shows the polarization of it. So what we try to do is turn that on its head a little bit and say, no, be happy. Uh, Now, Sean Archer in a book called The Happiness Advantage, which is one I wish I'd written talks about it, and he's a Harvard scientist, and said, no, no, the science shows that happiness will make you more successful. If you're happy first, you'll be more f- successful. And just think about that, like, who do you want to call, you know, if you're looking for something, somebody that makes you feel better, or somebody that's in a constant state of agitation and discontent? Yeah, you want to call a person that makes you feel better. And who's the person that's most likely to take appropriate actions or to take actions in the face of uh, a lack of progress, you know, that just keep taking actions. It's the person that's happy, that's content with his life, that's willing to just keep going. So I say that's not a place to get. It's it's enjoying the process, enjoying doing what you're doing, enjoying being who you're with. That's what will make you even more successful and happy. Yeah, that makes sense. I hundred percent. And what I would say too is, I agree with you that this cultural lie that you refer to, this I, that this idea that once I have all these these things, then I will feel a certain way, then I'll start acting a certain way. But you turn that around in your book, and you really go deep in this um, concept of be, do, have this different model of being in the world. Can you define that? Can you kind of break that down, this be, do, have model? Well, first is what I just described is is a do, have, be model. We do all the right things and we get to have the, you know, great material things and we get to have the great experiences and then we get to be happy. That's That's the lie that I talk about. So by turning it around and finding happiness and success and contentment now is being I'm just being that. 
It's a feeling. It's a mindset. And then if I'm there, I will take appropriate actions. That's the doing. Be, do. And if I have the right mindset and take the right actions, then I'm going to have, you know, dramatic experiences, success, and different values, and all those things. And I also say is, you know, and if you don't, you're still happy. You know, if it doesn't end up being that you're, you know, a multimillionaire and, you know, on Oprah and all the things, you're still happy. And that's why we wanted the things in the first place. We don't want material things, I don't think, for... Anyway, in my experiences, I, I've always wanted them to be happy. I want those things because I see happiness in them. So I just say, can I bring happiness to the situation I walk into? Can I bring happiness to it? And then if I can have the condo and the cruise and the first class or whatever it is, then it's even richer. Then I really get to enjoy that process rather than yet still another another level to get to before I'll, ah, I'm there. Now I've made it. Now I'll be happy. Just have the the concept that you've already made it. You know, we're made perfect and whole and complete just the way we are. Be happy. And, and does it mean you stop searching for goals and trying to progress and to have things? They're great. But just don't look for your happiness in them. You bring happiness to the situation. Yeah, I think that when it comes to ambition, which is something I think most of us would say is a key ingredient of success. It is this sense of you you strive, you keep going, you keep going after, and then you sort of then you get to reap the benefits of that. But you write in the book that that success is actually a mindset of be do have. And that feels so paradoxical, right? That you that you you approach it with the being first. Can you share a little bit more about that? And I, I want to say, too, that I know you break down the Be Do Have model really in-depthly in a YouTube video on your on your website under 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes. But while we have time today, I wonder if you would share a little bit more about how does success and the Be Do Have mindset intersect? Well, being is presence or being in the zone if you're, if you're a sports person. It's being in flow. It's just being aware and being conscious. And we can be, you know, in the act of progress, success, doing, without really being there. And that makes us miss so much, like the people that we're with. You know, it's if you really want to be with with people and, and form relationships, which is the the subject of a, of a, I think maybe the next pod, next podcast. Presence is required. You have to be there and be with the process, and being with the process is what makes us really successful, because we notice the minute details. We're not just looking for that end result of the profit or the golf score or whatever it is. We're actually there, present with the environment, present with the people that we're with, and that's success. You know, I mean, just think about how sitting on a pile of money and not even, you know, being conscious of who you're with or how you got there. Most of us have had some successes and then just sit there and say, well, I'm all by myself. This is really empty. You know, it's it's uh, enjoying the journey, being in the now. However, there's all kinds of acronyms and sayings for it, but it's presence. 
Being present is success. What does it take me to be present? That's happiness and those little gaps in between the thoughts where stress and anxiety lie. I can find joy and peace and happiness. And if I'm in that mindset, I have found and and I believe that you'll be more successful in a material sense too. That It's not like giving that up. It's like, no, I'm going to enjoy the journey and get the riches. And the riches, why do I want them? I say affluence increases influence. I can do more. I can make a bigger difference, not just for myself. But for those in my sphere that, you know, that I care about, I can do more for them too. It isn't just a selfish pursuit in that, in that regard, in my view. That even makes it more empowering. I wonder if you can think back of the time, sort of like the before and after. So the way you conducted yourself in business, the results that you got in business before you really embraced the be, do, have model. And and what that was like afterwards. Like, wh- what would I see if I was a fly on the wall of the way you were in the world before and after? Tough and angry. I still had a sense of humor, sarcastic wit. And, and uh, you know, I've always been pretty good at, at uh, forming relationships, but I think they're a little thinner. But uh, uh, I was tough, and I'm still tough. I mean, I haven't given that side up totally but i also am present with the people and see the bigger picture and see that by giving a lot of time i'm getting and more collaborative you know than than a transactional negotiation and i notice the people the people are in those relationships are what make life rich and or nature connection with whatever those things are it's connections that make our life rich i'd say i was disconnected you know, I was still driven. I was still smart. I was still, you know, good businessman. But I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't happy. And I've met billionaires that were like that, you know, and they just made me really think about, you know, is it just getting to the mountaintop or is it noticing each step along the way? Is it noticing the pebbles and who I'm hiking with? And, you know, I played around in golf without even knowing who I was with, just so, you know, tied up in my own world to notice it and you know look for the other person's ball and to do those kind of things was a was a journey for me or in business i find the richness in mentoring other people having them come along that's just so rich to watch them generate a how to how to buy a house and how to get investments and how to have a family and how to send them to college i just had uh one of the guys been with me here 25 years his his uh youngest son just came in yesterday and was heading uh just graduated high school and headed off into the the Army Reserve um, National Guard was just so great to just because I watched him from day one generate a family and manifest a beautiful family. So uh, two follow-up questions I have to that. The first is what sort of difference did you see that make to the success of your business when you started to change your perspective? But the other question I had is why, why anger? You know, like, and would you also, would you also sort of describe it as like force and, um, yeah, like, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. Anger was a blind spot that I had. I had a, I was, I learned and it was through, you know, some feedback and outside. I also find as a leader, I don't usually get accurate feedback because I'm the boss and people just, you know, kind of tell you that you're, you're good and you're not always, (laughs) you know, (laughs) 
So getting some feedback from some candid feedback from someone that's not hierarchical in the hierarchy below you or something is really important, I think. Uh, but I found once I became aware of the anger that I was running closings, you know, deals, my family, a lot of things by anger. Once I became aware of that, I really had to look at myself and said, that's not acceptable. You know, I don't, I don't want to be an angry, I mean, it's not worth having things if that's how I'm getting them. And I just really started becoming aware of that. Sometimes I still have a, a flashes of anger. I'm not like cured, but I notice it. I'm aware of it. I can notice it. If I allow it, it dissipates. I take a walk. I apologize if I'm going to, whatever it is, I, I really constantly work at it um, because it's uh, not, it, it's also uh, like I describe it like a blackout. You know, I might get the material thing that I wanted, but the taste of it is just not nice. It's just not a good taste and a good flavor, nor do I leave a good flavor with other people when I get things that way. I might still get them because I'm tough, you know, and I'm determined. I'm persistent, but the, I can, I can, I've learned that I can get the things another way, you know, <laughs> might not be exactly the same thing or exactly the same time, but I can do it with a smile and be nice to people and listen to them and collaborate and get to the same or actually get to a better place because I don't have to be there all the time holding it together. I can leave and, you know, feel a little more confident, uh, that things are going to hold together. So, mm. so that's one that's of the been a, results quite a, quite a journey. people have been, totally. you've, you're, you've experienced that people are just more bought in to the vision because of this way of being. And, oh. and when they are, you probably get better performance out of people. Like, can you speak a little bit to the impact of this change that you brought to the workplace? You know, I think it, uh, one of the game packs is you have other people's back and they have your, your back, you know? You can relax a little bit. Somebody needs help. You give them help. You need help. They're there for you. Uh, and it's a natural occurrence. It's just a natural occurrence of consciousness and relationship that you have an interest in other. It's a genuine interest in other human beings and other living things. Not just uh, like for years, I, I know I've been guilty of. I just walk in and know enough about somebody to get what I want, you know? Just a little nicety, and then I get what I want. Boom, you know how these are going. Okay, where's my report? You know, rather than a little more genuine, how's it, how's it going? What's happening? Or and being willing to slow down and stop, and when somebody is troubled, to actually dig in a little bit and find out what's going on with them. It's it's night and day as far as uh, your being in the world, as as far as being a, a decent human being. There's more to it than just obtaining material wealth. I mean, that was easy for me. The other parts was hard, a journey. Really had to dig, really had to find, because I'm so driven that I had to really find ways to slow down. I still do. I, I still, my my tendency is 100. I love to go fast. You know, I just, I like speed and different things. And some of that is you know, because of what I don't have to do when I'm going fast. So I have to constantly slow myself down. <laughs> My wife and I, or I have the saying, you know, she, she like sees things along the way. And when we go somewhere, I said, yeah, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't go anywhere. If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't see anything. So she's constantly slow, slowing me down. I so. love that. I love that. Yeah. So it sounds like results are 
the same, if not better, but the way you feel about the results, like your experience of your business life and your life has completely transformed. Like that's huge. So you said something a few minutes ago that I wanted to circle back on. You said affluence creates influence. And that might be not an exact quote, but I wanted to talk to you about this because this was actually one of my favorite parts of your book where you you talk about the impact of affluence, the positive impact of it, but also that that we can foster this mindset of being rich and abundant. Why would we do that? Can you share a little more, more about that? Well, a mindset of scarcity keeps us, I think, limits us to what we can do. It does, it's not that you can't have, there's lots of people with, with mindsets of scarcity that are materially successful, but a mindset of abundance makes us much more aware of other opportunities and bringing others along with it. When I say affluence increases influence, for me, I think one of the fears was, and, and for, for a long time I was stuck in this work, just thinking, uh, you know, I had to re- renounce all my possessions and go sit on a hill in India to have some enlightened state. And I found that I didn't have to. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I found that I didn't have to, and uh, that, in fact, I would be even more successful. And if I have a, and sometimes I felt like even a guilt about being successful. But if I'm willing to help others and make the world a little better place, then I don't have to feel guilty about being successful. It's not a me only phenomenon. That everybody, I want everybody to have access to affluence. You know, Um, and I just see if I have that mindset of abundance, I see so many more possibilities than I do if I have a scarcity mindset, which also is, it brings me to a me mindset, a selfish mindset. The mindset of abundance is more inclusive, more relationship oriented. And it's not that I'm going to be stupid. I have boundaries, you know, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and, and, and I think people should have boundaries, but also the willingness to explore and look broader. So last question for, for this episode on mindset is what can we do, let's say, in our morning routine that would start to have us cultivate the mindset that we want to create, that would have us start to show up in the world that the the way that we want to? What do you recommend? What do you, what sort of tools or tips do you give people on starting their day in a mindset mindset? Yeah. Well, some sort of mindfulness and hopefully, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to... Uh, be meditation, but meditation is a great one if you're willing to, and just a couple of minutes is usually enough. And some sort of movement, getting ourselves into our body, um, and hopefully intentional mindful movement, not just you know mindless stretching while we're reading the paper or watching the news. And then some of the things I do are gratitude. Gratitude gives you an immediate mindset shift. It's you start looking for things to be grateful for versus, you know, an angry mindset gives me looks for things to get angry for. So gratitude, I do affirmations. There's a number of different ways to do affirmations. Uh, Like I'm abundant would be an affirmation of that. You know, I'm, I'm abundant. I'm abundant. I'm abundant. I can write it 25 times, which when I'm writing it, I'm also saying it. I can just say it. You can also tape it and play it back to yourself. There's a lot of different ways, or some people do it in a form of a question. Am I abundant? 
Am I, you know, is life abundant? You can do it those kind of ways. I usually do that. I journal. And I also find reading uh, five or 10 pages from an inspirational book kind of wires our mind for that too. You know, depending on how much time you have. Uh, but those are practices that can really, I mean, our, those 6,000 thoughts or so we have a day, we can program those thoughts. They can be just as random, but it, if you if you have it more loaded for positive thoughts and what you want, you have a much better chance of those things coming up. Yeah, I, I think about the morning as just like the rudder of the day, right? Like it, it's my opportunity to become the captain of my ship. <laughs> like which direction do yeah. I want to go? And it's like you, you set sail with intention. And I 100% agree with you. The only way that I've ever figured out how to do that consistently is by having some sort of practice in the morning that says, okay, where am I going? How am I going to get there? Who do I want to be along the way? And actually setting aside time to give those questions some consideration. Think about anything, any sport, any, any artist, any musician that's successful, they all practice, you know? It all takes a practice. It's it's like having a life on purpose with intention versus a life on an accident. And with everything that's going on in the world right now, boy, I want to have an intention of, of, of having a positive mindset so I got a chance in my day, you know, because there's a lot of stuff out there right now that's not that. And I want to focus on what is that and try to turn this thing. Mm, I love that. Well, next episode, we're going to be talking about relationships and influence which is just such a huge part of the work that you do. I can't wait to get there, but this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series. For more details about tools or links we may have discussed in this episode, and to learn more about Eric's Mindful Leadership Program, visit www.livinginthegap.org. Bye for now.